0: Seven o two SMS talk at nine on
1: 3, 1, 702 o two. Seventeen minutes ago, before we get to eleven o'clock, of course, after the 11, eleven o'clock Eyewitness News, that's when we open up lines. I'll take your reaction on all kinds of things, and I'm pretty sure that you would want to talk to me about uh, Ndombi. Mtombi Zodwa Maslangu story. I'm sure that is definitely something that you found inspirational. But up next, Lo Bre- Breitenbach, director of national arts, mental health activist, and social media influencer on his personal journey to break the silence and stigma around mental health um, in South Africa, especially uh, now during COVID 19. Lo, thank you for joining us and good evening.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity.
1: Only a pleasure. Only a pleasure. No, I mean, you know, it's it's something, and I was speaking earlier on to, I'll tell you now, I was speaking to Professor Charles Perry, right? And we, we, we yes. were discussing the ban on alcohol that the president just reinstated summarily saying that, listen, yeah, uh, you know, we're not behaving ourselves. And all too often I think to myself that what we fail to do as a nation is to, underly- to, to address the underlying issues that we may have, the underlying problems or reasons for why, for example, we drink as much as we do, for why Absolutely. we behave in the way that we do. I think that we, a lot of people talk about the fact that we are a traumatized nation, but quite frankly, it seems that we we're not necessarily interacting with it; that, that we're not dealing with the trauma uh, that we're all going through.
0: Absolutely, and um, just one of the, the main things that struck me when I look, I started my mental health journey when I was diagnosed with depression at the age of 15, and I'm 31 now. And uh, last year when I was diagnosed with uh, PTSD, when I dug into research, it showed that 700,000 South Africans are currently struggling with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm. And just that stress disorder in itself, whether is from losing a loved one or being in an accident or um, being hijacked, whatever it is, we are not opening the conversation about it. And it's, as you said rightly, uh, these coping mechanisms that we go to, whether it's alcohol or um, bad behaviors or drugs or whatever we turn to, um, to push those emotions down instead of engaging um, in conversation and asking for help. And Even when we do ask for help, there's not necessarily um, the right structures in place in South Africa currently uh, to help people out with mental uh, disabilities or mental disorders. And it really is something that I want to bring attention to, even more so now with COVID, because what we are seeing is that numbers in suicides are spiking, um, the sense of joblessness or that we don't have job security whatever it is um you know all these personal struggles that Mm. we are facing and worried about loved ones all that contributes to these uh stress and anxiety disorders uh that we are facing at the moment
1: Uh, no most certainly but you know the one thing that stands out for me is that talking about mental health in south africa or talking mental health and obviously on a platform like this low let's be honest quite frankly people are comfortable being voyeurs listening into a conversation around mental health but let's be quite frank when when it comes to the opportunity to be able to discuss mental health say with friends with family with people who you know with people who are close to you nine out of ten times that's where the difficulty comes into play isn't it it's it's probably easier to Absolutely. have this conversation with me than for you to say have the same conversation with family and friends and people who uh, are trusted and loved and are and, and, uh, uh, closer within one circle.
0: Definitely, and it boils down to something that's been indoctrinated in us where we almost have this automatic response. If someone says, hey, how are you doing? You immediately go, good, thanks, and you. We don't even think about how we feel so because we've been taught, uh, especially as men, that we have to be strong and uh, you have boys don't cry, you know, that type of militaristic upbringing that uh, many of our generation uh, faces. And then women even more so um, trying to stay strong, being the women of the house. Uh, so many single mothers, they're doing the jobs of two people and then standing strong for their kids. So they're playing psychologist, mm, they're playing mm. doctor, they're playing cook. So you constantly are so worried about everyone else that when it comes to someone actually paying attention to you and say, hey, how are you really doing? We have this automatic defense system that kicks in that says, I'm okay, my world hasn't fallen apart yet, so as long as I keep juggling something, uh, I'm going to make it there. And we're too scared to engage in conversation because of the stigma around it, because we almost Uh. have this thing that, When you say you have depression or borderline personality disorder or um, you have anxiety to be in social spaces, people immediately assume that that's it, you're going in a straitjacket, small room for you and you have to sit in a circle and sing Kumbaya where it actually couldn't be further from the truth. What we need is that sense of community and that safe space where we feel that we can have people that we turn to and that it doesn't have to stay on a radio interview. It should be someone in your family that you can turn to. But we've grown so accustomed to say, oh, the sun will shine tomorrow and keep your head high or it's just in your mind.
1: Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That's that's another favorite one.
0: Absolutely. And what they forget isn't so many people don't have straps to pull up from. Um, it's circumstantial, it's environmental and it's chemical imbalances and my biggest um, problem is that if someone had cancer and they come to you and say, listen, I have this illness, you would never ever in a million years tell them, oh don't worry, don't go to the doctor, you'll feel better tomorrow, just keep your head high. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Positive thoughts or listen to a TED talk. Yeah. So when we, when someone comes and says, I have mental illness, we are so quick to say, but just listen to this talk or give a little prayer and you know all those things are good we should pray we should uh, follow a healthy diet you should listen to motivational quotes but that's not what's going to fix you the thing that's going to fix you is if you actually go to a doctor and get help and have a safe environment where you feel you can talk to people about your illness
1: no most certainly I mean I'm I'm thinking of exactly uh, what you're saying there and that's part of the problem is that we have this approach we have this thinking uh, that we can almost wish it away, but more importantly, what worries me a lot, um, you know, and and I think you you much kinder um, in 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 expressing it. I think that what we do is quite frankly that we uh, stigmatize. Mental health, absolutely, um you know there's something wrong. Uh, oh, I don't know how to handle you now suddenly i'm I'm really scared, you know, for my own safety, for the safety of my children, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe you shouldn't come over when the kids are there. you know that's that's absolutely. our approach to this, as opposed to uh, uh, you know acquainting ourselves with the necessary sensitivity number one, number two, with the necessary knowledge. And, and giving the person the space to be able to, to, to not necessarily heal, but be able to deal with whatever they're going through. But beyond that, uh, your, your story is more compelling. Part of the reason why we're having this conversation today, Lo. Um, do you mind sharing a bit of your story and, and what then brings you today to say that, listen, we need to have an honest conversation about mental health. Stop sweeping it under the carpet. Absolutely. Um,
0: So my journey started, as I said earlier, uh, around the age of 15, I was diagnosed with depression. And um, in our family, very Afrikaans, very militaristic. Both my parents served in the military for 20 years and my dad is now a pastor. So... (laughs) Wow. It was not an easy upbringing it, and it obviously doesn't help uh, that I'm gay as well. So um, I had my fair share of uh, being pushed aside by society and um, at the age of 16 uh, was molested for the first time. And uh, then later um, at 18, I was diagnosed with anxiety disorder, general anxiety disorder, GAD. And this then later in my adult life uh, because I didn't get help or the help that I thought I needed at that time didn't seem relevant Um, because I was into butterflies and rainbows and positive thinking (laughs) that anxiety actually grew to a further state of an anxiety disorder, OCD and uh, OCD we usually think is just someone who likes things perfect or clean but it's actually an obsessive disorder where you get obsessed about little things and and then in my adulthood uh, around the age of 29 I was also diagnosed with adult ADHD, which means my head is all over the place all at once. And mm. last year, I had a very uh, traumatic car accident um, in which people passed away. And it was really an accident that wasn't anyone's fault. It was a stationary uh, taxi in the middle of the highway and uh, no lights, no um, uh what do you call it, Uh, those triangles in the road and anything. And the lights on the highway were also out. So as I came around the bend in the second lane, um, then crashed into this taxi. And luckily, most of the passengers uh, were on the side of the road waiting. But unfortunately, there were casualties of people who were trying to move the taxi. But because of the lights that were not there, uh, no one could see them. So um, you walk out of this and you almost have the sense of, listen, why did I make it and they did not? Because they had every right and reason to live where I had three suicide attempts uh, throughout my adult adult life. Mm. And um, at that stage, I didn't want to be alive. And I sat with this immense uh, survivor's guilt that turned into PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, Mm, mm. And uh, what happens is, uh, without going into too much detail about the story, but just uh, bringing it all together, is that for 15, from the age of 15, so for 16 years, you press down and press down, and you hop from one doctor to another one, and GPs are so quick to just prescribe a mate and say, "Oh, take a sleeping pill, take an antidepressant," but you never actually deal with what is causing this anxiety? What is causing this depression? And uh, what happened in your life? To take a hard look at yourself in the mirror um, and actually go, listen, what am I living for? And why am I here? And that's what I really hope that people who struggle with mental illness also ask themselves not to just fall into this dark pit of why am I here, but to ask what makes me feel alive and why do I want to be here? And the moment you can turn that test into a testimony or that failure or that hurt into power and you can give it a voice and call it by its name, the illness that it is, it Mm. gives you the power to then actually make a change. You can't change anything if you're not even willing to admit that you may have a disorder.
1: I mean, uh, I'm, I'm I'm listening to, to what you're saying. And I think part of the issue is is that we do not give ourselves that room and that space to, A, acknowledge how we feel about certain things. Again, the world constantly reinforcing the notion that you are fine and happy and you just need a TED Talk and you need to laugh a little. Watch more comedies. You watch far too depressing movies yeah. or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And then we, we look for that constant quick fix, you know, um, that is what's going to solve the problem. That's what's going to make you feel better, et cetera, et cetera. And that, I think, unfortunately, reinforces a lot of that rather than reaching a point whereby you're saying, you know what, I actually need to go see someone, sit down, have a conversation about where I'm at, if need be, get a an actual diagnosis, and then from there be able to treat whatever or, or deal with whatever the situation may be. Absolutely. And it really
0: boils down to um, what you've said earlier is to know that uh, we need to keep space for people uh, with mental illnesses or people who we assume uh, may struggle from these things. And I believe that teachers and parents should ring up on the warning signs of anxiety and depression uh, so that they can hold space. And holding space for someone means that you don't try to fix them, you don't judge them, you walk the journey with them. Because we are in this world where we are so fast Paste and everything is instant we constantly look for quick fixes and we forget that um, your mind is not a quick fix you have 30 or 20 or 10 years of negative self-talk negative influences mm. and that complete pattern has to be reversed so it's not about a once-off positive thought or telling someone it will get better it's about addressing that pattern of 30 years of learned behavior and this is the one thing where a habit habit cannot be learned in 21 days and suddenly you go from negative to positive you have to know that it's a clinical illness where you have to address everything that brought you to this point and if I can really encourage teachers and parents uh, there are some wonderful resources online SADAC um, at the South African Depression and Anxiety Group they have such informative videos they do live streams on Friday um, they have a wonderful website with guidelines and signs to look out for if you think that your child or your uh, the person in your household might be depressive or have anxiety disorders. There's wonderful, um, insightful articles to help you understand what the illness really is about because in mm, mm. Uh, we currently have, um, according to the World Health organization there's a suicide attempt every three seconds which means if we are just chatting for 10 minutes my math is not great i left it in grade nine but um about 200 people attempted suicide just in the span of this 10 minute conversation and yet we are so afraid to say i need help because of the fear of judgment and the fear of people treating us differently like he's rightfully said earlier, and I think exactly the same as we had the AIDS pandemic um, many years ago, people were so afraid and still are afraid to acknowledge that they are positive or that they have HIV. Even though Uh. there's such wonderful programs to help and encourage because of the stigma, people are too afraid to speak out. So if we can break the silence and we can break the stigma, there's no reason why every one of those 200 people in this 10 minutes shouldn't feel safe enough to step forward and say, I need help before it gets to that suicide attempt.
1: Mate, we literally only have a minute left. Um, For people that want to find out more, um, engage more on this particular issue, I see that you do have a website. Do you have any resources that you refer people to specifically around uh, mental health and, and, and helping them? Uh, you know, being able to deal with this. Because again, all too often, we don't necessarily have the resources immediately available to us. Absolutely, so
0: uh, currently I have a documentary that's out at live streams on howler.co.za uh-huh. and it's called The Lowdown on Depression, so people can either stream the documentary to look out for some warning signs, alternatively they can either pop down to my Facebook and Instagram page where I have a daily blog and that Low 0 lowbreitenbacho2 for both Instagram and Facebook, and there we post the daily blog, uh, numbers to contact if you uh, have a mental Health emergency or if you would just like to find out more about mental health disorders
1: no mate thank you so much all the best to you and good luck and uh, you know stay uh, stay strong but you know what I mean when I say stay strong thank you so much
0: <laughs> I really appreciate that and I appreciate the opportunity
1: that we can speak out on this topic thank you for your time great one thanks that was Low Lo Breitenbach director of national arts mental health activist and social media influencer using his social media influencer status for good